0: Welcome to Chasing the Word on Compassion Radio.
1: Good morning, and welcome to Chasing the Word on Compassion Radio. We're so glad you've decided to go through this study with us.
0: So we start off the week with an actual Bible study. We're not doing the pulpit preaching. It's been a dialogue. Mm -hmm. Sandy and I have actually approached the Word of God together for what the message is within the context of not just the words on the page, but the people in the story expanded the scene a little bit, and then explored some of the key themes that seem to pop out for both of us. It's not just about one person's interpretation of what's most important here that counts. It is what the body of Christ is experiencing together in the Word that tells you what God's doing in this generation. And we're just a small sliver of that, yeah, of course. Yeah. We want you to join us on that.
1: It's a great thing to put yourself in the place of the people that are actually living the story. Sometimes that's hard to do, but yeah. when you read Scripture with that kind of lens and think about the culture that surrounds everything that's happening and the people and their lives, what they possibly could have been like, it really does bring scripture to life for you.
0: And we have to make the assumption here that if the scripture really is alive, that the people that are involved in the original document here are real people. We're not the only people who ever figured this out about Jesus. It's been happening since Jesus has been part of this story, which is from the very beginning. So maybe it's going be new for you to think about setting the Word of God together with somebody, not just to talk about points that someone else brings up, but to bring up your own that God inspires in you. Mm-hmm. That's what we really, really hope for yeah. these Bible studies. Do
1: it with a friend.
0: And we've got a Bible study guide, but not an answer guide. to prompt good questions and good conversation. That's available on our website, CompassionRadio.com. Mm-hmm. Every podcast for Mondays has a downloadable link for a PDF of the Dynamic Gospel Translation we're working from in the second half of our program, and interesting questions and conversation starters that you can use with whoever you're studying the Word of God with. We invite you just to try it. Download a copy of this chapter and see if it's something you might like to do with a friend of yours.
1: Yeah. So last week we ended our discussion on Mary Magdalene being at the garden and seeing Jesus thinking he was a gardener. And then him saying her name, which to me was a very important part of this whole story. Because it's an important part of your life. Yeah, yeah. And then with Jesus commissioning her to go and tell the disciples, being the first evangelist was Mary Magdalene to the disciples. What does
0: commissioning really mean then for you when you talk about Mary Magdalene?
1: When you're commissioned, you are given a specific assignment, Mm. a task. We think about commissioning services that many of us have been to for mission trips that we've Mm -hmm. gone on, and the church prays over you, or the church gives you a specific task. They send you to a place. They send you to a people group. Think about our military. They are commissioned to protect our country. They have a task or mission that they are sent on.
0: And when you go to a commissioning service with the military, it has primarily to do with those who are officers, those who would serve and lead. A commissioned officer is somebody that actually has been under the agreement of all the authorities around them, including all the higher staff. They agree that you have the training, the wisdom, the maturity to be able to lead those who need an anchor Mm. at the worst times in their lives, possibly, Mm -hmm. which would be in the heat of battle.
1: Yeah. So yes, she was commissioned by Jesus himself (laughs) to go to the disciples with a specific message.
0: Yeah, and that's a big deal. Before we jump into this section of chapter 20, almost at the end of John here, I do want to cover one more point we did not cover last Mm -hmm. week about Mary. Mm -hmm. And it's what Jesus himself says very specifically to her, but also to the rest of the world by speaking past her to us across the ages. Mm -hmm. And that has to do with who is God to him and who is God to her. Mm -hmm. So let's go back and revisit that verse 17 and talk about that just a little bit.
1: Okay. Verse 17, don't cling to me, Jesus told her, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God.
0: In every translation that I know of in English, that comes through crystal clear. He says, my God and your God. This is not a general statement to the entire planet. He's talking specifically to Mary, mm-hmm. but it also is on behalf of those she represents. Mm-hmm. So, if John represents the disciples in being the teller of the story, his story is a stand in for all of us. If we were there, how would we feel if we were next to Jesus? Now, when we hear John himself say these are the words that Jesus used, he takes them seriously. Mm-hmm. And I want to highlight something here that we really haven't talked a lot about, and the issue of patriarchy being an issue for the church across the centuries. When Jesus says something about somebody or names them, he gives them identity. Mm -hmm. So when Jesus says, my God, he's saying, I serve the one true God. I am his son. I am the son of man. He's reiterating all those I am statements that we've heard throughout the entire gospel. But he's also saying in the same context, like in the same box my God and your God, Mary. Mary. We say it to her. Why do you think I mean, this is so important that he says that to Mary?
1: Well, I think, like you said, it gives her identity, it gives her purpose, and it raises her to a level of honor yeah. in this society. He is saying to her, Mary, this is not a God. This is not the God. This is your God. You have every right and access to God, to the Father, as anyone around you. Society has given you not much representation. You've been placed in your place. But Jesus gives her a place of honor.
0: It goes even beyond honor for me because it goes to basic reality. If someone said, oh, you're the son of and says the name of the person who's my father. Well, yeah, that's true. They've identified me, but they've also made a statement of fact. It's not just an opinion. You know, you are so and so's son. When Jesus says, my God and your God, he's saying, you're in me.
1: We're on equal footing. We're yeah. on
0: equal footing before the Father.
1: Right.
0: What man has ever said that across Scripture that we know of up to this point of looking a woman in the eye and saying, you stand with me flat on the same ground before God the Father? Mm. Yes, there's honor in that, being able to stand next to Jesus himself, but it's also a statement of truth. Mary is equal as a sister to Jesus before their father, and God looks at her. That is where I see the gateway to all of womankind across history. Mm. No matter what society or culture has been across all these centuries, when Jesus says, he's my God and your God, Mary, he's talking to you, Sandy. Mm -hmm. He's talking to all the people across history, your mothers, your grandmothers, the ancestors all the way back into Bible times, Jesus's mother and grandmothers, all the way back to Ruth as being one of his ancestors. These women were loved and honored and identified by God as being equal at the foot of the cross Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with the rest of you. Never, ever, ever look down on women. I believe with my heart of hearts that this is what Jesus is telling her Mm -hmm. in that moment and what John is saying to the rest of us outside the bubble. Mm. This is how Jesus treated women, how he talked to them. This is the way he talks to you. And if we hear him talking to the disciples in a certain manner, if we hear him talking to the women in a certain manner, this is how Jesus talks. They are not exceptions. I know I'm laying heavy on this point, but I do believe this is a fundamental issue of theology. Mm -hmm. Who is God to us? Mm -hmm. And who are we to him? Mm -hmm. If we'll start with what he defines, what the Word of God itself actually says, then we have to rearrange our lives around that truth, not the other way around.
1: Well, I'm really glad you brought this up because I think this is one of those little quick sentences that is Mm. glossed over so often in Scripture. And actually, when we were done with our podcast last week, we kind of had this discussion, I need to be more intentional with Scripture and Mm. look at it, not critically, but deeply into what's being said and what's happening. It's just a good reminder for me. And I know also that Paul says later on in his writings that we are joint heirs. We are co-heirs with Christ in the kingdom. And I think we kind of gloss over that as well. But that is part of what's happening here. This is the beginning, in many ways, of Jesus saying, we are equal in the kingdom of God. We are on level playing field here. And woman, go to my brothers and tell them the good news.
0: We think about there being a treasure under every rock of Scripture. Mm -hmm. And this is an example to me of that Passover verse that is a pebble on the path for us in English. But under that one pebble is a jewel. Mm -hmm. And I think we don't want to lose the fact that God can meet us and instruct us and enlighten us under the simplest of phrases in the oddest of places within the Word of God. Mm -hmm. This for me is one of those I do not want to lose sight of. So let's move on now to the rest of chapter 20, because it's a glorious story of how this message first comes to the disciples. I mean, John and Peter have already been to the grave, mm-hmm. they've already seen the absence of Jesus' body. John is saying in the narrative before that he senses something big is happening. Mm-hmm. God's at work. What it could possibly be, I don't know. They leave and go back to their sorrows and their people, still in wonder but conflicted. Mm -hmm. Mary sticks around and actually gets to talk to the angels that were floating around the entire time. So she's seen Jesus. She's seen the angels. She's been in conversation with both. Mm -hmm. She's got plenty to share. And she's got the right to say it because she's a first-person witness.
1: Right. Starting in verse 19 of chapter 20. In the evening of that first day of the week, the disciples were gathered together with the doors locked because of their fear of the Jews. Then Jesus came, stood among them, and said to them, Peace to you. Having said this, he showed them his hands and his side, so the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Mm. Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. After saying this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But one of the twelve, Thomas, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples kept telling him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, If I don't see the mark of the nails in his hands, put my finger into the mark of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will never believe. After eight days, his disciples were indoors again, and Thomas was with them this time. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them, and he said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and observe my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Don't be an unbeliever, but a believer. Thomas responded to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Those who believe without seeing are blessed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and by believing, you may have life in his name.
0: For 78 years now, we've depended on the faithful encouragement of friends just like you to bring this unique radio and media ministry to the air each day friends, we're focused right now on the current crisis in and around Ukraine. I personally met with dozens of refugees and kingdom workers who ran to the front lines of need and have selflessly given of themselves completely, thoroughly, and as I saw to the point of indescribable exhaustion. I saw refugee and servant alike shiver in a vicious blizzard that struck the first week of March. They were very much alike in one important way. They were absolutely determined to survive this ordeal and to redeem what their lives have become. We need to follow their example. Will you help us today? We have blankets and food to buy, tanks to fill with gas, and medicine to help them survive the days ahead. This need is not going away anytime soon, even as this rescue operation rapidly sweeps the refugees farther west, away from the fighting. Friends, really, we need you now to step up. Please, please. Give generously, even sacrificially, right away. I know that God will be pleased if we do. So call us today at 1-800-868-2478. Mail us at PO Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. Text the word COMPASSION to 53445 or give online at CompassionRadio.com. Bless you, friends, for your brave and activist faith. I hope we can be a real encouragement and challenge to you for many, many years to come. And make sure to ask for your own copy of The Dynamic Gospel when you contact us today.
1: Those who believe without seeing are blessed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of His disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and by believing, you may have life in His name.
0: This chapter ends with a thesis of the book. Mm -hmm. We could spend a lot of time talking about Thomas, of course, and he deserves a lot of credit for the things he does not get credit for. Mm -hmm. He gets labeled the doubter. He's the only one that I read of in this chapter where, because he was not there, actually said the truth about how he was feeling, how the rest of them were feeling. If I hadn't seen it for myself, I wouldn't believe it. Well, you say you've seen it. I haven't. He's saying, I want to be convinced. Now, I think about Thomas being the guy who is jealous of John. Like he really, 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 I know they all had an affinity and a deep love for Jesus. But something about Thomas seems like he's quiet. Hmm. He's not heard a lot from during the Gospels. But when he interacts with the other disciples, he is passionate. He wants to not be made a fool of. He wants to really believe them. He wants Jesus back. He doesn't want to miss out. Everything about him says, I want Jesus. He's saying, I don't know if you're strong enough to be able to be sane right now. We're all pretty much rattled. Yeah. I see in him just as much passion, just as much desire to be with Jesus, to know that he really did what they say he did, Mm -hmm. but he's afraid of getting it wrong, and he doesn't want to disappoint God, the Father, either. I see a lot in him that I really, really admire in the situation.
1: Well, I think the story of Thomas gives us permission to question things. It gives us permission to speak our doubts, to speak our confusion, to speak our disbelief out loud and say... This is too much. I can't even fathom what you're talking about. And I think you guys are filled with such fear that you're seeing things, you know.
0: My opinion here is that he didn't even reach the point of doubt. He was simply in the investigation mode. Okay. He's just simply saying, I got to see it for myself, guys. And he's not slamming them. He's not saying, God didn't do this. He's not saying, nope, Jesus is still dead. None of that. But he hasn't been able to trust himself enough to believe that it could really possibly be true what do you do when you're faced with the impossible everything about you says he's never coming back and yet everybody around you is saying something totally different mm-hmm. how hurtful could that be if someone's like pulling a huge prank on you or they're playing on your misery mm-hmm. that's a horrible place to be but I don't see him attacking them I see him reserving his judgment so by the time that Jesus shows up what's the next thing Jesus does fine if that's what you need to do to prove it mm-hmm. come here boy yeah come touch me. He doesn't dare because he already believed. He was just afraid to confess it. Mm-hmm. That's what I believe.
1: Mm-hmm. I love how Jesus just goes right to him and says, here, yeah. here I am, Thomas, touch missed me. Missed you last time. Touch me. me. He doesn't condemn him. He Mm-mm. doesn't no. chastise him. He doesn't say anything negative or derogatory toward Thomas. Like, what's wrong with you? Why don't you believe your brothers? And why don't you believe the other disciples? He just says, come here. Yeah. Yeah. And loves on him and meets Thomas where Thomas needs to be met. Right. And Jesus knew where Thomas needed oh, to be course. met. He knew exactly what Thomas needed in that moment. I love that we have that permission, if you want to call it that, or we have that same access.
0: We do. We're able to ask the question we need to ask. This also kind of brings up something that may or may not be germane for you, honey. It seems like it speaks to the issue of shame culture. Mm. He could have been shamed by the rest of them or even raising up an objection in their minds, which I still believe is not an objection. It's a genuine inquiry. What really happened here? I don't know if it really was you all seeing the real risen Jesus or not, but his heart wants it so bad to be true that he's not slamming them. But he's also bearing the entire history sense of being called a doubter Mm. by being honest and so I don't want to be in the business of casting blame or shame on somebody because they asked a question about something they heard right. in church. Right. We're not robots. We're not intended to be the kind of people that don't ever ask questions. And there's so many people that have grown up in the church believing that's the only way to do it right, just to play the game, to not ever be honest with themselves and never pray a prayer that really came from their hearts, just to pray the prayers they were taught to pray. This is not a small problem. Right. And I think there are probably plenty of people that are hearing this broadcast that may have been raised in a culture where they assumed that to follow Jesus or to believe what the Bible says means you can't ask questions and you have to suck it up and just believe whatever they tell you to. I don't believe that's Christianity. I believe it's a religion, but it's kind of cultic. Hmm. I do believe that Jesus intended for his disciples to talk with him in the first person to learn from him as a person and then to show him in his person what it's like to really know the Father and to know that you're accepted, to know that you're loved, to know that you're commissioned, to know that you have a family, Mm -hmm. and to know that no matter what the world says about you, you will never be shamed for being mine by me. Mm -hmm. I will never, ever disavow you to my Father. On the cost of my life, I will never forsake you. I'll never leave you. Mm -hmm. He went someplace they couldn't follow him. Somehow all that had to add up into a real big truth, which was, To forsake his followers would have been to not do what he did on the cross and in the grave and returning. To honor God required that he do something that they felt like it was a forsaking, that he would leave them alone in the depths of their despair, in their horror of watching him die. None of that stuff seems to add up right. No matter how you look at it, it's a tragedy and it's wrong. Everything about it seems wrong. And yet God says, in me and because my father and his will, us together, it is all wrong. Right. Yeah, and no matter what you're going through, whatever you're experiencing, no matter how bad the death or the trauma has been, I can make you right. Mm-hmm. The circumstances around you may never, ever, ever change. They might, but something can radically change for any person who's in jesus it happened a few verses ago for mary because she was in jesus she was now a co-heir with him before god the father and had the freedom and the authority and the commission to go tell the rest of the disciples that it's really true it's really really true and she's still saying that to us across thousands of years in this bible that we read together because i believe she literally was a real person who had that real encounter with jesus and she can tell us all about it
1: yeah Honey, you are so passionate about what you're speaking here, and it really sets a fire inside of me, and I, I love having this discussion with you and hearing how God is just moving in you with this scripture. Let's read this same passage from the Dynamic Gospel now.
0: Again, starting at verse 19 of John chapter 20. That very evening, the disciples hunkered down with the doors locked tight. They feared the religious beliefs and their unruly mobs. And then there was Jesus standing right in the middle of them like he had always been there. Hush, friends, relax, he said, nothing to fear. It was almost too much for them. Jesus showed them all the wounds in his hands and even the gash in his side. They were overcome with joy and tears when they realized it was no ghost or hallucination. It was really him. Then Jesus said to them again, rest now. My peace dwell richly in all of you. In the same authority the Father sent me, I'm now sending you. Saying this, Jesus drew a deep breath and breathed it out over his students, everyone present. Breathe in the Holy Spirit, pull him in deeply, and breathe his life back out to others. I tell you, anyone who sins you forgive is truly forgiven. You forgive, and I forgive. If you hold back, I hold back. Now Thomas the twin, one of the twelve from the beginning, was the only one not present for this amazing encounter. The others told him all about it, though, saying, We've seen him with our own eyes. He's alive! Thomas didn't believe it. You can't trust your eyes. Unless I feel the nail prints myself, unless I place my hand in that hideous gash in his side, there's no way I'm believing. It's only wishful thinking. So eight days went by, with the disciples still hiding from the authorities. This time, Thomas was with them, when suddenly, Jesus appeared again, right out of thin air. No door stood open, no window swung free. Jesus was simply there. Hello again, friends. Relax, it's really me. He looked straight at Thomas. Come on, he said. I'm no mist. You want proof? Come put your finger in the hole in my hand. Feel the gash if you need to. Are you ready to turn away from believing only what you think is possible? It's time to believe the impossible. Thomas and his resistance crumbled together on the floor. You win. I see there's no use denying it. You're my Lord and my God. Oh, Thomas, Jesus replied, now that you've seen me for yourself, you finally get it. Happy are those who get it without having to be proven wrong. There will never be enough evidence for some. In the days ahead, miraculous signs and wonders just kept pouring out of the hands of Jesus and in full sight of his students. So many, in fact, that it will be impossible to write them all down. But what has been committed to paper is here to convince even the most ardent skeptic that Jesus is, in fact, the anointed Son of the living God, and that by believing in him, you bear his name, his eternal, life-giving name, and with it, his very life.
1: The words that you used in the dynamic gospel, breathe in the Holy Spirit, pull him in deeply, and breathe his life back out to others. I really love that visual, breathing in the Holy Spirit, just that deep yeah. breath, breathe him in deeply, and then just breathe his life back out to others. And I think that is precisely what Jesus is calling us to yeah. do as believers, Pneuma. as as kingdom workers, to breathe in deeply the Spirit of God. Yeah. And to breathe out onto those around us the love and the passion and the acceptance that Jesus has for them. You know how
0: precious that breath is, too. Mm-hmm. For someone like me who has asthma, and all of our kids have asthma as well, in some degree or another, it's hard at times on certain triggers that the breath doesn't come in like it's supposed to, and it hurts to get mm-hmm. it in, and it hurts even to get it out. But it's so essential. And even if it's painful, you know you got to breathe. How many of us experience spiritual asthma? They fight it or they don't know how to breathe in the Holy Spirit or think they don't. And they just assume they can't and it's always going to be difficult. And they don't live in the joy of knowing that God's breathing in and breathing out through you. Mm -hmm. Or they assume that they can't. Whatever it is that holds us back from experiencing that, I would say that I think God's calling us to something more. Mm-hmm. and that if we'll ask Him to make it possible for us to breathe in the Holy Spirit and breathe it out again, that He'll make it possible for us, if yeah. we'll ask. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's about where we have to wrap up this particular chapter. But man, we are so close to the very end of the book of John. I hope you've been inspired by what you've heard so far and that as we close this book up, that you'll celebrate with us the gospel coming to life through these words and in our studies together. Remember that our Bible study guide is available in the podcast section of our website and each one of our Chasing the Word broadcasts will have that link to that Bible study. Grab it and grab a copy of the Dynamic Gospel as well. Thank you, friends. We'll see you tomorrow on the next Compassion Radio. Thanks for joining us today. Send your special gift for the church in Ukraine today Call 1-800-868-2478, text the word compassion to 53445, or give online at compassionradio.com. God bless, and we'll see you tomorrow.